Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. On the outer edge of a medium-sized city sits a small tavern in an industrial park. Here, factory workers and desk jockeys take the edge off of life's monotony one sip at a time. Sitting at the end of the bar is one Adam Warlock, staring ahead, unwilling to order. He's bumped from behind by Martian Manhunter trying to get by, who spills a dab of mead on his collar. That's it, Adam shouts, standing up to face the Martian. You'll pay for that, even if all of Earth must as well. The Martian Manhunter realizes that apologies will not be enough and prepares himself for a fight for the ages. It's him versus Bloodwind. It's the Golden God versus Gold Hunter. It's Adam Warlock versus Martian Manhunter. Today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comics, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by the one and only Ray Stacanus. Today's battle pits two of the most powerful beings in each of their respective comic book universes against each other in a titanic battle. In one corner, you have Adam Warlock, quite possibly the most amusing air quotes, of course, perfectly powerful being in the Marvel Universe versus Martian Manhunter, someone so powerful that even Superman had said he would not want to take him on in a fight. As usual, I did the patented Who Would Win Google test just to see how many times this matchup has been discussed, and there are actually quite a few mentions of this battle online, but as usual, these battles just never came to a clear conclusion until now, that is. Ray, what are your thoughts on this matchup? I first off want to give great credit to a friend of the show, Jordan Monsell, in the Facebook Who Would Win group, who suggested this exact battle. Coincidentally, Adam Warlock won the patron vote on the patreon.com slash who would win show. The people of Patreon, uh, the legion of audience, if you will, there, chose Adam Warlock in a very, very close vote. He won by one vote. And so here we go. A perfect battle with the guy that we said we would use anyway. I want to give full credit to everybody. This is going to be a real banger, and I'm ready for it. You know, here's the thing. This is a battle that's long been, you know, long term in coming to fruition here. And there's so many great versions of these characters, both, you know, uh, live action. We've actually seen it in a few different versions. Um, and then we've also got the animated versions, the comic versions. So, Ray, this got me to thinking, here's a kind of an interesting question. I've actually been wanting to ask you this for a while. We've seen the MCU and now with James Gunn, the DCU bringing superhero content to live action. Usually it's done really, really well. We've also seen these superheroes in animated form just done so brilliantly as well. More in DC than Marvel, in my opinion, at least so far. In your opinion, 
For the superhero genre, what serves it better as a medium? Is it live action or is it animation? That's a rough, rough call because here's the deal. Because of the comic book medium looking how it does, the animation has a chance to be much more pure, much more true to the comic book form. In live action, by its nature, you have to take chances. You have to take liberties with the material that you're using. To quote the original X-Men movie when Wolverine says, what do you want me to wear, yellow spandex? Yeah, we get it. You got to do certain things. So I would say for bringing a movie with superheroes to a larger audience, for making the most money, for making the biggest impression, Q rating, you got to have a live action version. But if you want to tell the stories in the purest way for kind of that core audience, then you got to go animated because you can just do it more, more correctly that way. So it's a very, very tough needle. But I'm going to say at the end of the day, I like money. So live action all the <laughs> way, James. So I had this great discussion with uh, Jim Starlin. He was the creator of Thanos, really interesting guy and prolific comic book writer, of course. And I said, you know, we were talking about comic books and the MCU. And he said, yeah, it's too bad the comic books is not selling the same way the MCU movies are. And I said, well, why do you think that is? And he said, here's the deal. No one knows what version of Tony Stark to go for in the comic book because there's so many different versions and starting points in such a long history. They don't know where to start. So here's what I think is the solution, Ray, whether it's animated form or live action form. Keep everything within the same continuity, right? Do a really good job. Make all of it canon to itself in some way, some shape, some form. I don't know how it would all work, but I'm telling you, if I bought a comic book and I knew that tied into the movie, I would be way more into it. Just my two cents. Now, with all that being said, we have someone here who has a lot more than two cents, who has insane common sense, who has great knowledge in all things regarding geek culture. This person is awesome. Making their second appearance on the Who Would Win show. It's head of studio Proof of Play. It's the one and only William Schmidt. William, welcome back to Who Would Win. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I, uh, I'm looking forward to this battle. This is a big battle. This is a big responsibility on your part. Now, before we got into the battle and kind of start talking about all of this, uh, tell the Legion of Audience, our fan base, what you've been up to. Uh, I'm, I've been making games. That's what I do. Been doing it for 30 years. So we are making games for, uh, kind of see if we can make games for Web3 and the blockchain and uh, get rid of all that, that friction that stops people from playing on that area right now. Uh, try to make it as big as mobile. You know, I remember when uh, the internet became a thing and the previous generation of people were like kind of scared to kind of get involved with it. And I'm seeing something very similar with Web3, you know, 3.0 right now. Same thing. What would you do to tell people, hey, get over your fear. This thing's going to be awesome and it's going to make things a lot better. Just look at history, right? Uh, you can't play games on Facebook. You can't play games on a phone. Everybody's going to want consoles, right? We've seen these these this barrier appear again and again. And I've they're making games for 30 years. I saw it uh, go through handhelds. I thought saw it go through consoles, uh, onto PC, uh, onto, onto uh, social platforms. We, we just keep marching forward and putting the games where the people are. That sounds brilliant, actually. That's exactly, exactly right. Now, let's circle back to what Ray and I were talking about before we introduced you. Animated form or live action form, what's your preference for superhero action? I love the animated form. I think DC does animated better than anybody. The Batman animated series, Superman animated series, Justice Thank League. Thank you. Young oh Justice, gosh. like all those shows are amazing. You just saw Into the Spider-Verse and Across the Spider-Verse uh, uh, prove it again. That being said, I also love the MCU and I think they're doing a great, great job. But if I if I had to say telling the purest form of the story, animation for me all the way. Very cool. And do you agree with my sentiment that if, you know, the MCU had, you know, all their comic books somehow 
tie in with the continuity of the MCU or vice versa, that that would actually improve comic book sales and maybe even, you know, people buying tickets to watch movies. You think that would just improve things for the better? I, I worked on a game called Marvel Avengers Alliance uh, for, for several years, and it was all about incursions. It was all about bringing all the universes together. And I think that if they did that a little bit better, yes, I think it would help everybody across the board. This is what I'm talking about. See, the, when I can kind of geek out with someone who can out-geek me in terms of insight and geek knowledge, I feel honored to have you on the show. The opposite of how I feel when Ray's on the show, that's how I feel when you're on the show. So thank you, sir, for doing that. And uh, it's fantastic. All right. With that being said, let's get started because we have a titanic battle that people have been wanting for years. So, Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing Marvel Comics, the least problematic warlock since David Copperfield. Wait, hold on a sec. Getting word from our producer. He did what? The least problematic warlock of all time, Adam Warlock. And representing DC Comics, the alien who's been around for almost 68 years, and he's still not ripe yet. Martian Manhunter. So wrong. So wrong. All right. Now, before we go any further, let's go over the official rules about who would win match. Rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the who would win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality, and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Ray, we're talking about multiverse and animated and live action. What version of Adam Warlock will you be using today? Today I'll be using the fan fiction version of Adam Warlock that I wrote last week. Oh wait, this isn't a Star Wars Legends-style episode. Excuse me. We're going to be using actual canon comic book version of Adam Warlock. Fantastic. And listen, I'm going to the DC Comics version because... You know, when you have this purest type of match that we're doing right now, let's just put it all the cards on the table and just let the most powerful version fight the most powerful version. On a side note, most people think Martian Manhunter is the equivalent to Vision for Marvel Comics. I actually think Adam Warlock is the true equivalent in terms of overall power and capability to Martian Manhunter. Just my geek knowledge two cents there for you. All right, rule number four. Debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed but will be given less weight. Rule number five, the winner of the debate is remember the judge decides. It's the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal, and where no attack or threat can be made for at least two minutes, and where no outside interference is allowed. And finally, rule number six, the judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. And before we go on, this year in Season 5 of the Who Would Win Show, we've been encouraging our fan base, the Legion of Audience, to use the hashtag WWWFantasy to keep up with our Who Would Win Fantasy League. Here with an update on the current standings is our very own Robert Clark Chan. It's the first update of Who Would Win Fantasy League Season 2. If you want to sign up, shoot an email to www.fantasyleague at gmail.com. Give us your name, social media handles, and address because the winner will get honest-to-goodness brick-and-mortar prizes. Well, uh, a prize. Uh, okay, okay, Ray will come to your house and French kiss you. No, sorry. Our lawyers are telling me that it's going to be a t-shirt. Apologies for the error. The league is simple. Every Monday, the matchup drops using the hashtag WWWFantasy. You post who will win this week's episode on Twitter or Facebook. We tally the votes. We crunch the numbers. Here are the standings after eight weeks. Devin Matthews is down but not out. Chris Christensen is still in the fight. Lord Snurts and Gunnar Lawhoffer are tied for fifth. 
Matt Allen is the only player with a perfect record, but he doesn't have enough fantasy entries to crack the top three. Christopher Van Ochten is currently number three with a 430 win rate. Tyler Morton is in second with a 600 average. And Nathan Fair is at the top of the leaderboard with a stunning 7-10. Who would win fi- uh, fantasy win rate? Is he a genius? Does he have the inside track? One time he took the advice of James and changed his vote, which earned him a win, which is guaranteed to work around 50% of the time. Wait, doesn't doesn't Nathan Fair typically wait till the episode's already out before making his selections and yet still somehow only at 70%? What's going on with that? Look, we don't we don't judge. We only tally. If you want in on this action, email www.fantasyleague at gmail.com with your name, social media, and address. Use the hashtag www.fantasy on Facebook and Twitter and get fantastic legally. I'm being told by our lawyers that we're not going to be using that catchphrase. And also, I suck as a human being, uh, which doesn't sound like a legal opinion, but what do I know? I think seven out of 10 people disagree with that statement you made about yourself, Robert Clark Chan. But they all made that after you made the statement. All right. Well done. And thanks for playing the Fantasy League for who would win. Stay tuned for more great announcements for those prizes because, uh, you know, Ray coming to your house to present your shirt. Sounds like a great thing. That's all I'm saying. It is summertime, and that means get-togethers. It means swimsuit weather, and HelloFresh has got you covered. Why don't you make your home the hangout place this summer with crowd-pleasing eats from a backyard bratwurst bar to tangy key lime pie? HelloFresh Market makes summer entertaining a cinch for you. And let's face it, you want to eat well this summer, right? If you're going to be showing off your body, potentially. Well, HelloFresh's menu features calorie-smart, and protein-smart lunch and dinner options, plus new vegan dinners to choose from as well, so you get some variety. HelloFresh makes it easy to reach your food goals with flavorful recipes that leave you feeling satisfied. And let's say, for example, you want dinner fast. You could just get it delivered, but let's face facts, that's not always fast, is it? But you can think of HelloFresh. With their fast and fresh recipes, they're going to be ready in just 15 minutes or less. Plus, HelloFresh is 25% cheaper than takeout. What's the deal? I've used HelloFresh in the past. I enjoy getting a box of meals sent to me because I like going on the website or the app or however you choose to do it, right? And I like to go on there and I like to look through all the meals. And HelloFresh has a ton of meals to pick from. And I like to pick things that I've never made before, right? I like to pick dishes that blow my mind. Like I look at the picture and I say, I don't know how I could possibly make that. I can't even conceive of what that is. And then I order it and then I do it. And that's the way that you help improve yourself, right? Improve your knowledge base. Reach out with food. It's possible with HelloFresh. I will speak to that myself. Go to HelloFresh.com slash WWW50 and use code WW50 for 50% off plus free shipping. That is HelloFresh.com slash WWW50 using code WW50 for 50% off plus free shipping. It's a great deal for some great food with America's number one meal kit. Need to supercharge your hiring? You need a super hiring partner. You need Indeed. I've been a fan of Indeed.com for a long time and been singing their praises for even longer. You know, one of the things I love about Indeed is that not only can you find a great job on Indeed.com, start there, great place to look, but if you're hiring, 
you can invite candidates, right? Candidates you invite to apply are three times more likely to apply for your job than candidates who just kind of see it in a random search. That's according to US Indeed data. It's like you invite somebody and they feel welcome to your party, right? They're more likely to want to work for you or at least check out what this job's all about. And we'll get you one step closer to that hire by immediately matching you with quality candidates with Indeed. Indeed's gonna do the hard work for you. It shows you the candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your description immediately after you post. You're going to find the people. They're going to put them right in front of you so you can hire even faster. And these are quality candidates. These are people who already meet your minimum expectations right off the top at the beginning. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash WWW. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash WWW. Indeed.com slash WWW. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And now let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details for Adam Warlock. Adam Warlock is an artificially created cosmic being who rejected his mission and went on his own path. He was created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, but was later developed by Roy Thomas and Gil Kane. He first appeared in Fantastic Four number 66 back in 1967. Originally created by a group of humans as the next evolutionary step for humanity, Adam Warlock quickly surmised that his creators were no good, and he blew the place and took off. Soon after, the powerful being with no sense of history or humanity ran afoul of Thor. Mm. He promptly beat him within an inch of his life. That's Thor beat him before he was Adam Warlock. Adam then entered a regeneration cocoon and was reborn under the tutelage of the High Evolutionary, who gave him the name a Warlock, as well as helped give him some purpose in the universe. Now, Adam Warlock, he got the Adam from literally just some random lady who he talked to, which is kind of wild, right? Adam Warlock steps into storylines whenever a cosmic beating is desired. Fun fact, Adam Warlock has long been referred to as the Cosmic Messiah, and for good reason. You see, when taking his original story and weaving it into the Adam Warlock narrative that we know today, Writer Roy Thomas leaned on some spiritual inspiration. No, not the Bible, but the Andrew Lloyd Webber musical production of Jesus Christ Superstar. Big fan of the rock opera, and he thought that leaning on that to tell the story of a guy who was created to be divine, got resurrected, and now steps in whenever humanity needs saving makes sense. Yeah, I guess I can see it. And if you aren't familiar with that rock opera, you should check it out. Whether you're a believer or not does not matter. That show slaps real hard. And that is Adam Warlock. Ray, you know, most of our audience, Legion of Audience, I should say, are terrified of musicals, myself included. I'm just going to say right now, uh, give it a shot. It does not take very long for you to realize that Jesus Christ Superstar is a rock opera just stomps. It's just, it rocks. It is. Uh, it, I'm a big fan. I performed in the show before when I was much younger. And I will say right now, it's great music. You know, I got fooled uh, into uh, watching two of the most terrifying films of all time uh, because someone said these two things, just these two films just rock. First one being Mamma Mia. 
Second one being the even more horrific Mamma Mia 2. So uh, I don't know if I can uh, trust Listen, this opinion of yours, it. Ray. I'm sorry. No, don't watch the movie version of it. Don't do that to yourself. Just <laughs> like find the original cast recording on YouTube or something. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It slaps. I was in the fetal position crying in the shower for hours. I just couldn't get clean, Ray. Anyway, I really we'll thought happens. you were going to use that as a moment to bash the Guardians. And I'm proud to say you didn't. How about that? No, I was too sick recovering from my COVID shot to uh, have a, enough mind to make a thought of, anyway, it was horrible. Sounds like you need to see it again. Uh, probably. All right. Now, here are the details for the Martian Manhunter. The Martian Manhunter, whose real name is John Jones, first appeared in Detective Comics number 225 back in November of 1955 and was created by Joseph Samuelson and Joe Serta. John Johns is the Martian Manhunter, one of the last survivors of the planet Mars who came to Earth in search of justice and peace. Roughly one million years ago, Mars was a living world populated by a race of humanoids divided by skin color. However, one day the populace received a psychic warning, which the government perceived as a threat and recruited several of its people, including a young John Johns, to investigate. While on their mission, the government agent Malefac unveiled a double cross, killing all of the subjects except Johns, and then used their blood for a magic ritual that super empowered the Martian Manhunter permanently against his will. I mean, this is a story we've heard a million times. After a tragedy kills all the inhabitants of Mars, John Johns is thrown to Earth where he lost himself in an infinity of identities before finally, one million years later, he attempted to become a hero once again with the Justice League, Stormwatch, and with Batman's own team, The Outsiders. And here's an interesting fact about the Martian Manhunter. Did you know that he's a fan of Sailor Moon, the anime? It's true. John Johns has been many disguises and secret identities. Over the years, he's been a fur trapper in Siberia, a Sri Lankan bartender, and an American private detective. One of his more modern personas was the one-off Hino Ray, a Japanese finance reporter. Hino Ray is also the name of Sailor Mars from the popular Sailor Moon manga. It's a subtle joke with an amusing twist. And what was supposed to be just a covert meeting with Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent to discuss Justice League matters, Bruce Wayne decides to give his critique over John Jones's accent or what he's trying, whatever that his impression of this character. The accent's flawless, John, but your name's a giveaway, he says, which suggests something even crazier, which is that Batman, because he's so familiar with this, is also a big fan of Sailor Moon. I mean, just when you thought Batman couldn't be even better, here you go. And now you have the facts on both opponents. William, do you have any questions before we get started? Uh, one for Ray. Uh, Adam Warlock has been around for a long time, and he was very, very involved with the Infinity uh, series. Um, are you using the stone? I believe that Adam Warlock is synonymous with the Soul Stone. It is sort of core to his character and who he is. So I might be talking about that at some point. Yes. Okay, so at this point, I'm going to forget everything I know about these two characters and let you guys inform me about what makes these guys so awesome and who's going to win this fight. Yeah, like pretend you watched, um, I don't know, let's pick two random movies, Mamma Mia and Mamma Mia 2, and, and, and the fear and terror you encounter just completely destroyed your inner you know, spirit and your anxiety places physically, and you're left uh, as a husk of, a, of a, a shell, if you will, of your former self, and now you have to rebuild. That's where you are right now as a starting point for Adam Warlock versus uh, Martian Manhunter. That's right. I'm going to go cry in the shower. <laughs> it's, I mean, I've been watching that video for a while. Sorry. All right, Ray, let's get this party started. Hit us with your point number one. Man, Mama Mia 1 versus Mama Mia 2 sounds like a future Thunderdome. I don't want Robert Clark Chan. I know you're here. Point number one for Adam Warlock. Let's just start wrecking it with the power cosmic because he is one of the most powerful beings in all of 
the Marvel Universe, right? They bring him in when you need a cosmic entity to just wreck everybody, right? He is a personal deus ex machina. How do you fight a deus ex machina who literally is the guy who comes in to win it for the heroes, right? Of course, he starts with a phenomenal amount of strength, speed. He can fly. He's very, very durable. Let's talk about that a little bit because that's not even where his power is, right? He wrecked Pimtron with a punch. Lest we forget, Pimtron is when Hank Pym Ant-Man, one of the most brilliant, what, top five brains in Marvel Comics, uh, merged with Ultron. (laughs) And they created this unbeatable mega creature. He wrecked him by punching him. Destroyed a whole bunch of his uh, drones. It was great. He tanked the shockwaves of an exploding planet. We see this in Dragon Ball Z a lot. Adam Warlock is a top-tier Beerus-level Dragon Ball Z fighter because when a planet explodes next to him, he barely flinches. He took several blasts from Pimtrom, and it was a slight ouchie. He's like, yeah, that made me a little uncomfortable. After a few of them from this dominantly powerful character. This is a guy who KO'd comic book Drax in a fist fight. In the actual MCU, not as big a deal. Drax in the comic books is a guy who can punch Thanos' chest out of him. He is a ridiculous powerhouse, and Adam Warlock punched him unconscious. That's saying something about his power right there. But let's talk about some of the other wild things. He's immune to mind control. Uh, I know that uh, Martian Manhunter does a lot with mind kind of a power. But let's face it, a character named Moondragon's mind gem did not work against Adam Warlock. Star Thief could not read any of his thoughts and just referred to Adam Warlock as having a multi-dimensional brain that just couldn't get cracked by any of this uh, mental stuff they were trying to do. This is a guy who also has some ethereal powers. He can take people to the psychic plane when he wants to. He once brought someone back to life just to have a conversation with them. They were floating around through space and he had, they had information that he needed. They were dead. He just flies up to him and says, hey, I brought you back to life. I know you're, you're scared, whatever. You'll, you'll go back to being dead in a sec. I just need to answer some questions for me. What a detective. What a power that you can do. I'm just going to bring you back to life and then let you die again. Okay, great. What is Martian Manhunter going to do against that? This is a guy who could blow up the sun if he wanted to. It's been stated very, very clearly that if he just wanted to kill the sun of Earth's atmosphere, he would do it. He also carries with him something called a karmic staff. Now, that's made of pure soul power. He doesn't actually need it, like, physically. He can conjure it at any time, much like in Skyrim, when you have those sort of conjured swords and weapons. That's the karmic staff. He can have it for as long as he needs to. He's used it to redirect energy blasts against him from Cyclops, among other characters. And Cyclops, as James will tell you, greatest energy blaster in history. At least that's what he said when he repped Cyclops on the show at one point. He himself, though, does energy blasts. This is a guy who used energy projection to hurt Thor. I mean, let's face it, you hurt Thor in any way, you're doing a good job. You do it with an energy blast, you're double doing a good job. This is a guy who can ignite the air and ground around him with fire, maybe important later. And it's also a guy who blasted Omega Thanosi, which is a super, was it when Thanos merged with Galactus, I believe? Yeah, this is a ridiculously powerful version of Thanos and he annihilated him with an energy blast. Oh, did I mention that energy blast also drains your opponent of their energy as well if he wants them to? And let's wrap to the end. Karmic blasts, it's a power, it's an energy blast, except it hits your soul instead of hitting your body. This is a power that's been able to wreck characters such as Maxim, Olek, Triax, and Goliath. Those are powerful characters that you probably don't know about, but just know that they're pretty rough. 
This is a guy who was next to a supernova and actually had a moment to think, do I just want to sit here and tank it with my impenetrable defense, or do I just want to fly away and avoid it altogether? And he had the time to think about it and decided to just tank it instead of flying away. I guess he felt lazy. The point is, even at his laziest moment, Adam Warlock is a guy who can crush galaxies. And I just don't think Martian Manhunter can stand up to him at the end of the day. And that's my point number one. Wait, 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 wait. Crushing galaxies. I, I love the the exaggeration. Look, this is an insanely powerful being. Crushing galaxies. You blow up the Something. sun. What happens to the galaxy, James? I don't know. There's like a billion suns, at least in a galaxy. They're like, okay, moving on. Uh, that's not how galaxies work, Ray. Uh, even the Phoenix isn't blowing up galaxies. Maybe maybe a solar system that's pretty big and a chunk of a galaxy. But yeah, you're exaggerating the powers greatly. Now, before I even talk about the real rebuttal here, I just want to get something down straight. I love Adam Warlock as a character. Love Martian Manhunter. Here's the deal. They both had some crazy losses that they shouldn't have had because the writer's trying to show how powerful another character is. So let's, you know, make them the jobber for this whole thing, if that's the right vernacular. So I'm not going to bring up the losses that really shouldn't count for Adam Warlock, just like they're, they're, those same losses occur for Martian Manhunter, because I just love these characters in honor of the spirit of the fight. I'm not bringing them up at all. Now, with that being said... Adam Warlock is super powerful, but in terms of physical strength, he's actually not as strong as Martian Manhunter. He's listed as class 40, where you can lift 40 tons. I do think he's stronger than that, but he's vastly less strong than Thor. Thor is more than a physical matchup and can take out Adam Warlock physically, and that's been seen a number of times. And that's not a bad thing, but that's not something where you can say, hey, he's destroying the sun. Well, that's great, but he can be destroyed through physical punishment, something that the Martian Manhunter can do, just like Thor can. All right. With that being said, let me get to my point number one. And just like Ray started off actually really, really well. Great point with that one, Ray, the physical powers. Let's talk about the physical powers for Martian Manhunter. Now, I've mentioned this before on the show. Martian Manhunter has so many powers, it's actually easier to list which powers he doesn't have. In fact, Jon Stewart, my favorite Green Lantern, has said that Martian Manhunter is the most powerful being on Earth. And that's very significant because on Earth, you have these deities like the Spectre and Superman and these other insanely powerful beings, way more powerful than Superman. And yet Jon Stewart, who's familiar with them all, or a lot of them, said, oh, no, 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 Martian Manhunter is the most powerful. Now, in terms of powers, he has Superman-level strength. He and Superman moved the Earth. Another strength feat. This was cool. With Superman, they stopped Brainiac's mothership. This thing was about 40 times the size of Earth. They stopped that from colliding with the Earth at 36,000 miles per hour. That's crazy strong. He's got super speed. He can fly. Fun fact, Martian Manhunter is a Flash-class speedster, both in the atmosphere and in space. Now, Adam Warlock, super fast in space, in the Earth's atmosphere or in an atmosphere, he's moving barely past Mach 1. Martian Manhunter has him really outclassed in that area as well as strength. Now, on top of that, uh, he can do the infinite mass punch. I'm about to call this the race to Canis punch of awesomeness. This is where you accelerate your your mass to you know infinite speeds, you know in a in you know instantly, and all of a sudden you're hitting way more powerfully than the Hulk could ever dream of hitting. That's something uh, a Martian Manhunter can do. Now, in terms of durability, oh, and speed, he can fly from Earth to Mars in seconds. Speed's not an issue. Now he can survive in space. Doesn't need to eat, breathe, or sleep. He's super. Durable. 
durable like Superman has similar levels of invulnerability. People are like, oh, he's fires his kryptonite. Yeah, we're talking about 30 years ago. Not anymore. In fact, flying through the sun, which last time I checked is way hotter than fire, is not a problem for Ma Martian Manhunter. He's gone past that vulnerability altogether. He's a shapeshifter. Like, he's a mastery level at shapeshifting. He can change anything, mimic abilities of that thing or person he's changed into. And with his ability, he can also change his size. He can change into something that's microscopic, go into someone's body and kind of blow up by growing really big, turn into a kaiju-sized version of himself or whatever creature he wants. That's not a problem. Have fun finding that Adam Warlock. On top of that, he can turn invisible. He's got super hearing. He's got super endurance where he can fight at fullest capacity for weeks on end. And just like Vision from the Marvel Universe, Martian Manhunter can make himself intangible and can phase through objects or phase his hand into them and rip something out from their insidey places or just completely disrupt the function of whatever internal organs he's reaching into. This is crazy. By the way, facing through force fields and energy constructs, not a problem. Oh, but there's more. He's got super breath where he can blow hurricane level blasts of air, make his breath super cold where he can freeze large areas and opponents. By the way, he can also shoot energy blasts, super powerful planet destroying energy blasts from any part of his body in an omnidirectional way from his eyes, whatever it is, he can do it. He's got every type of vision Superman has, X ray vision, microscopic, telescopic, heat vision. If that wasn't enough, it turns out that Martians have nine senses, which gives them a different way of seeing reality and gives them what they call a precog or precognition ability, which is why Martian Manhunter can kind of understand something's about to happen, almost see it before it happens and react to it appropriately. Look, he's got a lot of powers. He's lived anywhere from thousands to millions of years, depending on who's telling the story. He's put a lot of time during all those years to perfect using his powers. So not only do you have someone with a ton of powers, you have someone who has mastered using all of them in every combination you can think of combatively. That is my point number one. James, that was a lot of ways. You went back to a lot of your old tricks with that point number one, and I'm here to stomp on all of them. I've been facing off with you too long to let you get away with some of that garbage. You were saying, you're going to say Martian Manhunter is one of the fastest Flash-level speedsters? Are you out of your mind right now? I'm looking at a list here. Top 15 fastest people in all of uh, DC Comics. Uh, uh, guess what? All, uh, there are a bunch of Flashes on there. Martian Manhunter's not listed right there. I'm looking up just a Google search. Fastest characters in DC Comics. I found 23 characters listed. Not a single one was Martian Manhunter. That would mean he does not have flash level speed. And I finally found a list. They said, we're making a list of the fastest DC characters and we're going to take out all the people in the Flash family. Martian Manhunter finally chalked in at number 10. And the only example they said was he can fly fast in space. No mention of fighting on the earth. Infinite mass punch. Uh, no, that is not how anything works, James Gavsey. Don't you lie to our people at home. And yes, uh, both Martian Manhunter and Adam Warlock have had some losses that didn't seem to make sense. In the case of Adam Warlock, it's typically because he is that Christian-type figure who gives his life in order to save humanity and then is resurrected soon afterwards, and that's just sort of his deal. I don't see that really coming into play in a battle against Martian Manhunter. It's usually more of a for-the-greater-good kind of a thing. And your, your point, uh, Martian Manhunter moved the Earth with Superman. No, 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 no. You've tried this with every chance you can get. Superman moved the Earth, and Martian Manhunter and Wonder Woman were both there, James. It's a Pete Rose Jr. Uh, RBI uh, hits situation, okay? Stop the craziness. I love that because that's exactly what happened, right? Superman's like, hey, I got to move the planet. And then Wonder Woman and Martian Manhunter are like, sure wish we could help. And he's like, ah, you know what? 
come on, let's all do it like a team. And then he's like lifting all of it. And they're like, and we're here. And he's like, that's right. And March Manor's like, and I helped. Yeah, that's much exactly like downloads, much not like how it downloads for the Who Would Win show. I get them while you watch. Same deal with Superman pulling the earth. That's not the equivalent whatsoever. All right, listen, William. You've heard one point from both Ray and myself. Where is your head at so far with this battle? Wow. I mean, uh, first off, uh, uh, both of you make out the, the, the you know, Adam and, and Martian Manhunter like one punch man. Like, whack. Things just go away. And then you both uh, uh, do the rebuttals and it's like, okay, now let's, 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 let's bring this back to a, a more realistic state. I, I, I took that little trip with you guys and I'm back here and saying, okay, so physically, all right, maybe, maybe they're around the same, same level. Right now, man, the, the laundry list of powers is crazy. I'm going to say that I, I'm, I'm not leaning one way or the other right now. I'm still still taking in all the facts, uh, a, a, a concophony of, of powers for both these, these uh, heroes. So no, no clear, no clear uh, person ahead at this point. I'd like to congratulate you on being the first person ever, I believe, in the history of Who Would Win to ever use the word cacophony on the show. Strong work. It is. It is. I mean, I mean, I think the fans, the listeners, the Legion of Audience are the true winners of today's episode just by the proper use of that word. Now, Ray, uh, we found ourselves here before. You know, we're kind of head to head, but this is where things kind of uh, take a turn for the better or worse for one of us. Go ahead and hit us with your point number two. Yeah, those were just jabs for round one. Point number two, let's talk about some of the things he's done and more of his powers, because these are two characters I think you can figure out by now that have lots and lots of powers, each of them. The problem for Martian Manhunter is the best powers are actually held by Adam Warlock. And I don't even care if Manhunter has more powers. He gets dominated by too many of the ones. And let's start with it. Matter manipulation. Adam Warlock is a guy who can do transmutation, which means changing one thing into another thing. This is a guy who very famously uh, was very, very mad at Thanos. You know, that guy, very, very, he's even more powerful maybe in comics than MCU. And he turned Thanos into a statue. He transmuted Thanos's body into a rock statue. And everybody was like, wait a minute. There was a big thing with smoke and Thanos was gone and the statue of Thanos is here. You don't think. Yes, he did. This is a guy who saw a burning planet and transmuted an entire burning planet into just something else because he didn't want to see a burning planet anymore in front of him. People were trying to shoot bullets at Adam Warlock and he transmuted the bullets into what? Literally nothing. He just made them disappear. He transmuted them into nothingness. Insanity. He, there was a character named Monk who was a powerful warlord. He devolved Monk back into a gibbon. He was an ape-like character and he basically turned him back into a little monkey. Uh, what are we talking about? He had a kaiju. He was fighting a Godzilla-sized kaiju and he transmuted the kaiju, shrunk him down till he was the size of a kitten. And then he started petting him. I mean, what are, you t what are we doing right now? This is a guy who can break down matter into its raw atoms and just disperse them whenever he wants to. How is Martian Manhunter's alleged speed going to affect anything when he's just doesn't have a body anymore. This is the guy who's so powerful. We talked about the power cosmic in the first point. He once KO'd the silver surfer, James, a character you argued was top five, most powerful characters of all time. A few weeks ago, James, and how did he do it by shocking him, shocking him with an energy blast of electricity. He hit silver surfer so hard with that simple attack that silver Gosh darn surfer went down for the count and was knocked unconscious. 
Not only that, Adam Warlock could control Silver Surfer's board, something that Silver Surfer thought no one could do but him. Sorry, Adam Warlock be riding them waves, okay? Adam Warlock once went into Marvel's version of Hell, where we talk about him a lot on this show. Mephisto lives there, right? The devil, but in the Marvel world. Adam Warlock went down to Mephisto's Hell and kicked his butt. He beat Mephisto, just overpowered him in Hell. Round two, Mephisto came up to Earth to fight Adam Warlock. And Adam Warlock literally just looked at him and said, do you not remember what I did to you where you are all powerful and you come here to my planet and start causing trouble? And then he wrecks him harder than he did the first time. It was delightful. The other thing I want to talk about is magic because he is a magic-based character as well as everything else. It's called quantum magic. He once cast what's called an obliterating charm in order to destroy a massive island. The, The size of this island, it's not just like a little island. It's not like a little Oahu or something. This was a massive island, and he used a charm and just blew it away. He once used his magic to sense that Ultron was teleporting around him. So you can't even use teleporting attacks against him because he'll know where you're going. On top of that, healing spells. He can heal himself or others through the use of magic. So even if he takes a shot, he can recover himself again like this was Skyrim. Final thing, and I think this is important, he destroyed a force field that somebody had wrapped around him. It was a Shi'ar wizard. Who to say, you know, the thing we always hear, oh, he just, you put a force field around him and he can't move and then two minutes and then you're good. Somebody tried that move on Adam Warlock. What did he do? He destroyed the shield, zapped the wizard and made him very sorry he ever messed with one Adam Warlock. The power level and the way abilities to take things in a non-physical way mean Adam Warlock is too much in this battle and that's my point number two. Okay, now this is some good stuff right here because... Adam Warlock, his magic was kind of almost like this bridge, right, between science using quantum mechanics or quantum, whatever you want to call it, to to create some really cool magical types of spells or capabilities. But it's still got a really cool scientific basis. I'm not saying that's whatever. I just I just love that about this character. Now, in terms of matter manipulation, I'm actually going to address that in my next point, so I won't rebut that yet, but you'll see how what uh, Marsh Banner can do. Uh, Marsh Mahenter also has a transmutation or a way to transform stuff as well. I'll get into my point number two. But this is someone who actually transformed or transmuted a dead, barren planet into something completely different, a whole brand new, again, very different from before, living world, you know, with fauna, animals, the whole thing, plants. That's something he did, a whole planet. So he's got some really cool abilities too. And, you know, that's pretty much it because I'm going to address everything you just said in this point. So let me get to it. In my point number two, let's keep talking about more powers and abilities of the Martian Manhunter. Now, I've made this point before, but Martian Manhunter is what you get when you combine Superman with Professor X and Batman. Now, why is that important? Because you've got the physical power of Superman. You've got the telepathy and the telekinesis and the ability to go in the astral, whatever you want to call it, with Professor X. But here's the thing. Martian Manhunter knows how to weaponize this thanks to you know lots of training with Batman and also his thousands, possibly millions of years of experience. So he doesn't just become a strong telepath to invade people's minds to try to attack. Oh, no, no, no. He's weaponized his telepathy, his psionic attacks to a level that is crazy. Now we're talking about someone who can communicate across the galaxy, control people across the galaxy. This is a cosmic level telepath. So in terms of his mental or psionic powers that are really crazy powerful, ready for this, 
again, he's one of the strongest telepaths in the DC universe. He's definitely top five on the galactic telepathic scale. Now, Moondragon, again, insanely powerful, can do some great stuff with her telepathy and psionic abilities, but again, just hasn't weaponized it to the same degree Martian Manager can do. Now, in terms of telepathic communication, he can communicate with someone on Earth while on the moon super easy. He's read minds of people across the galaxy. He's been known to scan the mind of every person on Earth within seconds, go through that data, and come up with whatever conclusion he needs to come up with. And he can reprogram the mind of the most strong-willed people into believing whatever he wants them to. And that includes Hal Jordan, Green Lantern, someone known for his willpower. That's how he got his Green Lantern ring in the first place. He can easily, and I mean easily, take over someone's mind, not through force, but through subtle manipulation and through coercion that they don't even understand they're going through the time. How can he do that? He creates illusions, and he makes an opponent see what he wants them to see. He can do crazy psychic assaults in someone's mind. Here's my favorite one. I mentioned this before. This is just one of many. He can shoot memory missiles where he can scan someone's mind without them knowing it, find memories, painful or whatever he wants to use them, and shoot those memories back at the person psychically as if they're fighting, I don't know, whatever the however the memory destroys you that much more. I don't get how this works. It's just something Martian Manhunter can do. Again, he weaponizes his telepathy and his psionic abilities way, way, way differently. Remember, Martian Manhunter uses telepathy to cure the Joker of his insanity. This is a crazy, powerful telepath. He's also got this world-breaking telekinesis where he can move insanely large objects with his mind. And by the way, his telekinesis is so strong it can capture and hold Superman. That's insanely strong. In fact, he has his power. He calls it his molecular telekinesis. This one can actually destabilize or rearrange the molecules and objects or structures, and this allows him to disintegrate them or to alter them or to manipulate them in whatever ways he wants to. Here's a fun one. He's got the power of matter absorption. Now, keep a, pay attention to this one. He uses this one to kind of help him with his shape-shifting ability, which is why he can grow to huge sizes or regenerate his entire body if he needs to. He can use this in a really cool way. He can absorb a person and break down that person's material and use that in any way he needs to in a fight or just whichever way he wants to. Look, does he do this a whole lot? No, but it's always there for him to use. These are powers that he will only use against the most powerful opponents that cause the biggest dangers. That's Adam Warlock, absolutely. By the way, his power of matter absorption, this is cool, completely negates Anyone who faces who can use that, what Ray called the power of molecular manipulation, because no matter what they try to change him into or do to him, he always keeps his mind. So he's always sentient where he is and he can counteract anything immediately and revert back to normal because, again, he's already manipulating his molecules. Good luck trying that. He's got the what's called the Karu pendant and just like Aang, the airbender, he's got access to all of the other avatars' knowledge and experience. That's really cool. All of them that happened before him. The Martian Manter has this Karu pendant which gives him access to all of the knowledge and experience of every other Martian that has had it before him. He's also got an IQ of well over 200. He's a master detective. He's a master level fighter. Remember, this is someone who's trained for millions of years. Plus, he's been training and do partners with Wonder Woman and Batman. Look, Adam Warlock, he's taken on a lot of different types of opponents, and this guy's awesome. I don't think, though, he's ever taken on someone with the breadth of insane powers and the way to weaponize them that the Martian Manhunter can do and has it done a whole bunch of times. All that together is my point number two. He's the guy who fought Thanos, you know, but no, no, he's never fought anybody who can do a lot of things. Please, please, James. Oh, here's the deal. Psionic attacks from the Martian Manhunter. I've already established you can't touch Adam Warlock with psionic attacks the best people have tried and none of them have done it and congratulations on getting that willpower win over hal jordan hal jordan the green lantern is not cosmically powered like adam warlock is at the end of the day he is a guy he's a green lantern sure he is not a cosmic power look uh, when you talk about that the soul gem he, uh, has said the soul gem has said out loud that it cannot enslave its owner when its owner is adam warlock it's like the only person who has a will that he can't crack 
Galactus at one point determined that Adam Warlock is outside the loop of destiny and it would be wise to just not mess with him. Let's try to join him instead. And your answer for transmuting. Yes, if he tries to turn Martian Manhunter into like a, a pool of water, Martian Manhunter could pull himself back up again. Okay, but what happens when Adam Warlock tries to turn him into nothing? Into literal nothingness? There's no brain going to be left over at that point. And I left over the fact that Adam Warlock can also read uh, minds to find people's weaknesses. In Martian Manhunter's case, fire. He's afraid of fire a hundred percent. He's always been afraid of fire or at least been weakened by fire. He's uncomfortable around fire. And did I mention Adam Warlock earlier could ignite the air? Thank you. I already said fire is not a thing. All right. Yeah, but it was alive though, James. It Absolutely not. That is a check out the guy named Furnace. You'll understand what I'm saying. All right. We are at the turning point. Well, after hearing two points from Ray and myself, William will tell us who's ahead and what the other side has to do to win. But before we get to what William has to say, let's celebrate the Who Would Win Patron of the Week. Every week we choose one of our amazing members of the Who Would Win Show's Patreon community and put them in a battle. Ray, which patron do we have today? It's time. You know, you just mentioned his name. So let's go ahead and let's put him back in the seat. Nathan Fair, the current Who Would Win Fantasy Leader. You got my attention. It's time for you once again to be the patron of the week. You know what? There's someone who needs a beating, and I think Nathan Fair is just the person to give it to him. Let's have Nathan Fair go up against Zangief from Street Fighter. Interesting. Okay, so they could have, you know, obviously, you know, I think a Mortal Kombat with Mortal Kombat 1 just being shown would be a, a, a more likely choice. But we're going Zangief because James said Zangief. Why not? Zangief, the big Russian fighter, he's over seven feet tall, massive, or what is he, over 400 pounds, and he can give you a spinning pile driver that literally takes you out of orbit. That's something that we established in an earlier episode that Rocky Balboa could not handle, and I think correctly so. But when Nathan Fair steps up there, right, uh, all of a sudden, uh, things aren't working. Zangief reaches for him and just can't quite do anything. He sort of like lunges forward and he can't do it. And he lunges forward and he doesn't grab at him. And, and Zangief's confused. He starts to throw punches. He starts to throw kicks. And they're always coming up just a little bit short, right? And then finally, in a big Russian voice, he says, I do not understand. I am fighting the Nathan Fair, and it, nothing is working. And Nathan Fair says, you got to remember who I am. I don't play fair. I hacked the game code so none of your moves would work. And then he flicks him in the ear, and Zangief goes, ah, 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 and crumples to the ground. Energy bar gone, defeated by Nathan Fair. That is exactly, exactly the beating I wanted Zangief to get today. That's why I chose him. Not a fan of Zangief. Well done, Nathan Fair. Now, remember, you too can become a celebrated patron of the week. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash who would win show and sign up, and you may be featured in an upcoming episode of Who Would Win. Now, back to the turning point. Will, you've had a moment to ponder two points for both Ray and myself. Who do you think is ahead, and what does the other side have to do to pull out the victory? So, uh, uh, great points. Both of you leaned in very heavy to the transmogrification, the, the ability to, to, to change molecules. Um, and I think they're going to they're, they're gonna draw on this. They're, they're, no one's going to be able to get uh, over on the other person. Talked about telepathy. Uh, talked about the counter for telepathy. I think, you know, they, they're, uh, again, we're going to draw on that. The one thing that I did here that I haven't heard a counter for is a Warlock's magic. So far, uh, that's the one thing that kind of sets them apart. So um, when, when everything else comes out to a draw, when they, when they punch each other and they, they don't knock each other across the planet, when they, when they try to change each other into something else, and then when they try to scan each other's mind, they can't find each other. Adam's got one more thing he can go to. So right now I'm leading towards Adam. 
Interesting, interesting. Quantum magic's definitely a powerful thing to have for Adam Warlock. Again, love the character. Uh, just wish Ray would represent him really well. All right, Ray, we are now at point number three. You're, you know, our judge, who's never wrong, says you're slightly ahead. But we'll see if you can keep that lead. Go ahead and tell us what your point number three is. The only reason why he isn't completely right is because I'm way ahead right now. Let me just be honest with you. Let's talk about point number three for Adam Warlock. Let's talk about the soul gem. Of course, he has the soul gem embedded in his head, which gives him, you know, partially this cosmic power, but also gives him the abilities around souls. Now, easy stuff first. This is a guy who can teleport himself or teleport other people around him wherever he would like to. Now, Martian Manhunter might be fast, but he's not teleport to another realm and come back right away kind of fast. Let's face it, Adam Warlock once took himself, a character named Gamora we're familiar with, another one named Pip the Troll, maybe not as familiar with, he took all three of them two days into the future. He took them two days into the future. Now, let me tell you right now, if you only need to be two minutes to get the victory and he can teleport Martian Manhunter five minutes into the future, Adam Warlock wins this battle immediately. And there's nothing, nothing that Martian Manhunter can do about it. He also has cosmic awareness, which we talked about a little bit before, but I really want you to understand Whatever Martian Manhunter is going to try to do, Adam Warlock is aware of it and will be able to prep defenses in the moment to deal with it. And with the Soul Gem, Adam Warlock steals people's souls. A, besides the magic, which is already great, he also can attack somebody on a spiritual level, fighting their souls. He can trap their souls into basically a pocket dimension of sorts. He's done it to Gamora and Pip, who we mentioned earlier. He did it to a character named um, uh, Magus. And finally, he did to a guy named Thanos. Once again, Thanos, one of the most powerful villains in all of Marvel Comics, ripped his soul out of his body and just stashed it somewhere till he figured out what to do with it, right? At one point, Adam Warlock even ascended and became the Living Tribunal. If you've seen Loki, uh, the TV show on Disney+, Plus, the Living Tribunal was kind of treated as a little bit of a joke there, a little bit of a puppet. But in the actual Marvel Comics universe, the Living Tribunal is essentially a god. The Living Tribunal is marked as being the judge of the Marvel multiverse and arbitrator on all things cosmic. Arbitrator on all things cosmic. In other words, these are people who decide who lives and who dies. Martian Manhunter cannot step to that. He also, when he stashes somebody, puts them essentially in a soul world, when, which he can go inside that soul world and attack them on a spiritual level. Now, he is considered basically a god in that level. And no matter how powerful that you are and how many powers that you have, when you're in the soul world, you're only as powerful as your soul. So if you're somebody who has like a million powers, but your soul's considered a little bit weak, you're going to get wrecked by like a ragdoll when he comes into the soul world if he even needs to deal with you at all. Your outside power does not matter. And the last thing I want to talk about here. The most amazing thing Adam Warlock ever did. He has the soul gem embedded in his head, like we know Vision from the MCU, right? That's sort of the deal. Well, one time, he used the soul gem to call the other five infinity gems to him. And then next thing you know, the smoke goes down. He's wielding the full infinity gauntlet. If he can use the soul gem, which he always has with him, to call the other gems, to then create the infinity gauntlet, to do all of the wild things we know the Infinity Gauntlet can do, and we know that's insane, this is something that he could then do all the time. He's done it one time. If he felt like, and I don't think he needs to, but if he really felt up against it here, this is a guy who could summon the Infinity Gauntlet 
and put down the Martian Manhunter once and for all. With the magical abilities, the roughly even mental resistances and attacks and energy blasts that I, I never really necessarily heard an energy blast defense either, just saying, but you add to that soul attacks, he became a living god, he can steal souls and teleport people into the future? Martian Manhunter, James doesn't have enough time in his point number three to answer all of this. And that's my point number three. Wow. Okay. In terms of how he would defend energy blasts and energy attacks, even the quantum magic, remember he's done that with magical attacks and super powerful energy blast type of attacks just by phasing out of, you know, lowering his density and phasing out of it. This is someone who can bypass a lot. The magic can't actually find him because now he's actually not the same density. I don't know how it works in DC, but it's something that happens. Now, Ray, I really hate to do what I'm about to do, but you got to understand when Adam Warlock had the soul gem, man, he was even better than ever. I mean, this was an incredible character. He hasn't had the soul gem, however, in at least probably three years, at least since 2020. So this isn't something that he can actually use. It's not part of the character anymore for at least three years. Look, I wish he had it because that would be awesome, but he doesn't have it. So all those abilities, all that, everything he can do with it, trapping people in the soul gem, he'd be able to, he can't even call it. It's not something he has. I wish he did because that'd be better, but he doesn't. But let me get to my point number three right now. And let's talk about all this. See, let's talk about some Martian Manhunter's big wins. Now, he's in terms of physicality, he knocked out Shazam. He took out a character named Monel, who's just as powerful as Superman. He did it with one punch. He took out a character named Super Doom, which was Superman infected with a virus that turned him into Doomsday. And he did it also with one punch, kind of like a one punch man of the DC universe. I love it. He, this is insane. He beat Amazo. Amazo is this android who has all the powers of each member of the Justice League. He usually just destroys the Justice League, and it defeated Amazo by facing his hand into his head and ripping his computer brain out. That's a lot of fun to watch. In Day of Vengeance, a really cool comic book issue, Martian Manhunter uses telepathy to beat the Spectre. Now, put this in perspective, the Spectre is an omnipotent being, a divine being of God, fueled by the spirit of vengeance, and Martian Manhunter beat him with his telepathy. Again, when you can take out the divine spirit of vengeance of divine spirit of god's expression whatever you want to call it yeah that's someone who has strong telepathy he beat the entire justice league how he made the justice league think they were fighting him but the battle took place in all of their minds in the psychic reality he telepathically created and and nowhere else and again he just created a reality and said go ahead in he didn't make them think something whatever he's just like no here's where you are have fun and they just kind of started taking themselves out he beat a thanos level character in the dc universe called despero and he made despero another crazy strong, powerful telepath scream from a telepathic attack where he reversed the synapses in his mind. Fun times. He even beat a vastly superior opponent to Thanos, the one and only Darkseid. Yeah, I had to bring it up. And Darkseid can do everything Adam Warlock can do, just way better on a much higher level. That's the truth. And he beat Darkseid, this is really cool, by fighting him on both the physical and psychic planes at the same time, which in my opinion is the key to defeating someone as powerful as Adam Warlock, fighting him on two planes at once, which is not something Adam Warlock has experience doing. Look, he's fought on the spiritual plane, Awesome. He's fought on the physical plane. Awesome. Doing both at the same time against a master who can do it. Good luck. So here's how this fight's going to go. They're going to face off, and Adam Warlock's going to probably start off with an aggressive attack of super powerful energy blasts. He's going to use, and John's going to use his speed to evade Adam's cosmic energy attacks, and he's going to hit him with his own energy blasts. We're not going to do a whole lot, but then he's going to hit him with super strong punches. You know, comparable to Superman's strength, that's going to stagger Adam Warlock the same way punches from Thor did. Now, at the same time, Arch Mentor is going to use his telekinesis. Again, powerful enough to restrain Superman to counter Warlock's control over whatever he's trying 
to do at the time. And that telekinesis is going to neutralize a lot of what Adam Warlock's going to do, but not everything, because Adam Warlock, of course, has got his magical attacks. Now, all these powers that Martian Manhunter is doing and his physical capability is going to make Adam Warlock say, like, got it, I'm facing someone who's really capable. He's going to tap into his ability to open portals and use power of teleportation, and he's going to prepare to remove Martian Manhunter from the field of battle. And that's when it happens. Martian Manhunter has completely disappeared. And Adam Warlock can sense his presence, but he can't pinpoint where it is, which is when he feels a hand solidifying his body, destroying his insidey places. Again, insidey places is an official medical term from the Who Would Win show. Look it up. Now, Adam Warlock will, of course, scream in pain, and he's going to become desperate, and he taps into his power and unleashes hell in the form of every magical quantum attack he can, combined with a powerful multi-dimensional blast of intense cosmic energy, which reduces Martian Manhunter to dust. Absolutely to dust. It's like... Adams, he's gone. Confident in his victory, Adam Warlock takes a second to breathe it all in, which is when he turns around and sees Martian Manhunter standing perfectly fine behind him. Seems Adam Warlock killed a duplicate of Martian Manhunter that he created with a shape-shifting ability, something Martian Manhunter has done in battle before. And that's when he does it. He attacks Honor Warlock with a renewed strength and does the one thing Adam wasn't prepared for and can't do, two attacks at the same time. On the physical plane, just going absolutely insane with all of his powers, and on the psychic plane at the same time. Again, Adam Warlock can do one or the other, doing both at the same time, at the same level of mastery that the Martian Manhunter has perfected over thousands of years, not going to happen. And every time something happens on the psychic plane, you know, the physical plane becomes a little bit easier to hit. And then he gets hit physically. That means the psychic plane, something's going down. And eventually, that's when it all comes crashing down for Adam Warlock. Look, mine missiles that he uses with love, whatever he wants to do, Martian Manhunter, maybe not as powerful as Adam Warlock, is going to use his strategy, his tactics. Remember, Martian Manhunter has been doing this for thousands, possibly millions of years, but at least thousands of years at the highest level. Put all that together, and that's why Adam Warlock loses the first encounter. That's why Martian Manhunter wins. Look, you got someone who takes out God-level beings, Darkseid, and the Spectre. He's taking out Adam Warlock. Those are people who destroy galaxies. Adam Warlock is not. That's why Martian Manhunter wins. That's my point number three. Now, wait a minute, James. Are you going to argue that Martian Manhunter beat Darkseid with no help from anyone else whatsoever? Yes, and uh, it was DC 1 million, and it was a one on one battle. Million. Yeah, okay, it was, yeah. it's in continuity. Talking, and yeah, it's, you it's, talk about the what ifs aren't allowed, side stories a, aren't it's allowed. It's in continuity. It's not a what if. It's not even, a what if. It's e in okay, continuity. Uh, congratulations on your DC 1 million victory. I've got legit victories against Thanos when he had Infinity Stones multiple times, and we argued uh, successfully on the Who Would Win show. Thanos would beat Darkseid in a fight, argued so, to a conclusion. So highly contested. Whether you think it's contested, it's, it's done. So I've beaten Thanos a bu bunch of times legitimately. And you're in DC 1 million talking. And you actually said to me, oh, I don't know. Martian Manhunter could be alive millions of years. Stop. Stop with your outrageous claims. Now he's suddenly faster than the Flash. He's stronger than Superman. And he's been around for millions of years. Look, I don't see the two-pronged defense, honestly. I think physically, Martian Manhunter can hang with Adam Warlock. A guy who fights Thor and it's a relatively even battle. Yeah. I could see physically Martian Manhunter hanging with Adam Warlock if it was a purely physical battle. But in order to force that psychic battle, you got to get through those psychic defenses and the mental defenses that he has up. And no one really has so far, have they? So I don't know that Martian Manhunter, of all people, is going to be the guy to get through that to force your conclusion. Instead, I would argue that the soul attacks will hit you even if you're intangible. Your soul is still there and your soul can still be hit. The magical attacks are going to get you. Uh, you know, Superman's weaknesses to magic, Martian Manhunters, not as much, but definitely is a little, uh, a little sketchy against magical attacks. 
and the fact that I can teleport Martian Manhunter two days into the future. Let's just face facts. This thing is over. I got to tell you, I love this battle. I love this battle. All right, William, heard three points for both Ray and myself. It's time for you to make a decision. Take us through your process. Tell us a story, if you will, and reveal who you think wins this battle between Adam Warlock and Martian Manhunter. These are our two fantastic opponents with uh, just just a bevy of, of abilities. And um, I, I loved your, your, your walkthrough, James. Uh, I thought that was great. I'm going to do something similar, right? Um, at the beginning of the battle, uh, I, I think they're going to telepathically fill each other out and realize uh, I'm not, I'm not sensing the other person. This is, this is weird. So they're going to get into physical physically. I think they're, they're, they're uh, a good match and uh, they're going to fight to a bit of a standstill. They're going to switch to transmog and they're going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to change you into X, Y, or Z. Um, they're going to, they're going to be able to counter that as well. It's at that point, I think Manhunter starts to break through Adam's defenses because he is the most powerful uh, psychic, right? And he starts to really get to Adam. But as we stated earlier, uh, two things. One, at the beginning, I asked, does Adam have the gem? And the answer was yes. The other thing that was said was, we want the two most powerful versions of these uh, uh, characters, which means he has the gem. So as that, that, that uh, mental uh, defense starts to crumble, he reaches out for his soul. And he, he literally takes him off the battlefield. And that's why I'm going to give the victory to Adam. Ah, uh, you know what? I, of I, course. I will tell you this much. I'll tell you this much. I think without the soul gem, Adam Warlock still puts up a good fight, but does lose. I can see the logic if he does have the soul gem and why and how he could beat Martian Manhunter. So I can't disagree with your decision. I absolutely disagree that he does not have the soul gem. But again, it's William Schmidt. This is uh, you know the geek culture uh, lord, if you will. And you know his decision stands. So I'm good with all of it. I will ask you this. Would, um, actually, I'll save it for the third degree because that's where it's going to be fun for our patrons. All right, Race to Canis, congratulations. Very good battle, hard battle. I love these type of classic Marvel versus DC matches. They're actually my favorite types for who would win. Uh, tell the Legion of Fan Base you know, what you're thinking right now with your recent victory. I honestly have to sit here and say I disagree with our judge, William Schmidt. Only in that Adam Warlock would have won in the first about two or three seconds. Thank you for drawing out the match a little bit for the sake of the people at home. We both can see what would really happen. And that's that, you know, Martian Manhunter, he's a guy who I'm pretty sure you can fridge. This is a guy who you can kill off panel uh, would not even have to show it. So that way you see how it affects the rest of the Justice League. Final Crisis, kind of looking at you right now. The point I'm trying to make is when Adam Warlock is in the picture, he is the focus. He is the one that the Thanoses of the world uh, are all looking at to see what Adam Warlock does. When Martian Manhunter is standing with the Justice League, he's like the fifth person who gets your attention, right? He's not the person you're worried about. What's that guy going to do? It's going to change everything. That's Superman. That's Batman. That's, I don't know, uh, uh, Aquaman. Uh, Why not? I'm just saying nobody's watching Martian Manhunter because nobody's too worried about him. But Adam Warlock is a force of nature who, yes, 100% deserves to win this matchup. James, is it too late to swap out Martian Manhunter for another character and do this whole battle again? No, only an idiot would suggest that. My point I'm trying to make right now is that I'm great. Adam Warlock is great. And I hope his MCU appearances as they go along will reflect how great a character he is. I'm basically the Adam Warlock of this show. Resurrect me. <laughs> if you started the Church of Ray, 
I would actually like to watch that video feed just to see what exactly happens. I think it'd be shut down within minutes. We offer donuts. You offer donuts. That's that's great. All right. Listen, uh, William Schmidt, again, um, completely disagree with your 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 outcome, but I respect it, which is very, very uh, interesting and valuable, by the way. The James Gavsey respect gets you very far. Uh, you can get loans from any bank you want, buy any type of real estate you want, go to any club you want and just say, I've got the respect of James Gavsey and you're in. So well done, sir. In the meantime, tell the Legion of Audience, our faithful fan base, where they can find you online. They can find me at William Schmidt uh, on Twitter. And uh, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. And by the way, William, you are awesome. I love your process. Please come back on the show. Uh, always fun to have you on. All right, Race to Canis. Again, you got a great win this week. Uh, again, just to put it out there, I completely disagree with it. But whatever. You did a great job with Adam Warlock. I actually represented both characters with honor. You did the Race to Canis version of what you do. Tell the Legion of Audience where they can find you online. If by the Race to Canis version of what I do, you mean achieved utter dominant victory once again, then thank you, James Gavsey. That's exactly what I did. Of course, I'm very ecstatic about this decision, but much like Mr. T said about Rocky Balboa, I would accept the challenge of James Gavsey, but James Gavsey is no challenge, but I'm happy to beat him up once again. You people at home can put your heads on your pillows knowing the judge didn't get in the way of the proper decision this week like we've seen too many times over the past couple of months. I jumped up to like a 72-match winning record against James in Season 5, and suddenly he's been nickel and diming me, taking 2 to 1, taking 2 to 1, back and again and again and again, and suddenly now we're back to near even again, I haven't checked recently. Someone at home check, and if I'm winning, tell me. If I'm not, don't. The point I'm trying to make here is that I deserved this battle. I'm a better person than all of you. I have a better life. I'm smarter. I'm more tactical. I know what I'm doing on this show. People on Twitter, people on Facebook, people who listen to the show and try to argue nonsense over and over again, if you were sitting in my shoes against even a competitor as disgustingly lame as James Gavsey, you'd win maybe five matches in five years. Against someone like me, you'd achieve zero victories at all, regardless of the characters. Just like poker, it's not about the cards, it's about how you play them, idiots. You can find me on Twitter at Almighty Ray. I will be celebrating this Friday with a hashtag Victory Friday. And if you're not with me, you're against me. And I'll take those notes and put you on the list, suckers. This just did. I think we lost another three sponsors. Thanks, Ray. Appreciate it. Yeah, you you do. Sorry, HelloFresh. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, James, we love you. Ray's got a... You know what? I think I blame the Pepsi Max. That's what I do. I blame the Pepsi Max. There's just some other stuff happening there. All right. Congratulations, Race to Canis. I uh, didn't listen to what you just said, but I heard words. And uh, good for you for putting words together. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gavs. You remember to join the official Who Would Win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever else you go for your podcast. On behalf of myself, Race to Canis, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, Thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. Sold up. 
up, everyone? Brian here, host of the TV and Movie Trivia Podcast. It's a trivia-style podcast focusing on TV and movies. Listen in for questions like, what's the name of Michael Scott's screenplay? What do you say to view the Marauder's map? What are Tony Stark's last words to Thanos in Avengers Endgame? And where does Ron Burgundy say he is when he calls the news station sobbing from a phone booth? I've covered The Office, Harry Potter, Marvel, Will Ferrell movies, Lord of the Rings, and more, with even more on the way. So play along to the TV and Movie Trivia Podcast anywhere you get podcasts, and stay tuned for more trivia! Hey gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash show right now. Okay, got to prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins.